Hi, good evening. Welcome to Barmy Army Isolation Podcast number 23. This evening, I am joined by Fiona and Andy. I'm feeling very, very full of myself tonight, actually, because we've got the songmeister himself joining us. Um, Andy, I'll come to you in a minute. Fiona, how are you doing? Yeah, great, thanks. You good? And Fiona, you get it? Okay. We gave you a couple of weeks off because obviously you've done a, a real stretch of these podcasts, but you were getting you were getting withdrawal symptoms, I think, last week, weren't you? You just had to find <laughs> a way to get yourself into the conversation. We'll come on to that though. Uh, good evening, Mark. Um, Andy, first time, I think what's, what's, what's the line? First time call a long time listener. Um, first time on the podcast, but for anybody yeah. who doesn't know you, uh, long time United fan, regularly. Yeah. And you are the man responsible for a lot of our chants, songs, some of the wording and some of the tunes. So really you are one of the people that we, people might, you, that they'll know your work. They won't necessarily know you. So um, yeah, how are you doing at the moment? How's everything going for you? It's it's all fine. I'm um, getting used to sitting at this desk with this headset on with the last five months, is it now, that we've spent working from home so this feels quite familiar even though it's my first time on the podcast uh, well, yep pleasure to have you with us good evening ian um and anybody who is out there this evening drop us a message just say hello um a couple of points i want us to think about this evening. and actually i'm going to kind of andy while we've got you I'm going to talk about you are everybody here tonight the three of us we are longtime united fans so don't start with the men's team, obviously, and then laterally come into the, uh, the women's team. Andy, your history is more Old Trafford and t more than 20 years as a season ticket holder. Yep. Home uh, away, I was, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got to the, the away games that I could. Um, yeah. I, I racked up quite a few away grounds. Uh, it was a couple of seasons mostly just when I, when I could afford to apply and got lucky enough to get the tickets. So your experience of United is following them when you could. Obviously, finances come into play with some of that sometimes. When you can get the tickets, when we can... Euro aways? Never Euro away. Uh, Never three, three finals, but not an actual away game. That's that's the one thing I regret missing out. When okay. it, You don't realise how much money you've got when you're young, and I could have easily afforded it, but I always felt skint. So it, yeah. it, looking back, I could have done, but it never happened. And then obviously there is the cost of, of some of the trips, even mm. just domestic aways. There's a guy who um, sits behind us at Old Trafford um, or, or who will hopefully once again sit behind us at Old Trafford when that time comes. And he was saying that he worked out the cost for him and his son, because he's got two season tickets, him and his son, what they pay in a year, his wife always says the whole family could have a nice holiday abroad for so they have this deal where one year he gets to do the away trips and one year the family have a holiday so he kind of gets the best of both worlds in that way so um, uh good evening john evening tash um andy no longer a season ticket holder because of politics yeah um i heard a lot over the years especially since 2005 when the glazers came that people got fed up of the corporate side of football and i always thought I understand it, but that'll never be me. And then a few seasons ago, they, was, they said they were expanding the disabled section across the whole of the East Stand. So East Stand Lower is where I was for 21 years in the cheap seats. And great that they want to get more access for disabled fans, but then we were told we had to move seats. We'd get the first season at the same price and free cup games, but after that, we'd have to pay whatever the seat cost. And the next one up was £6 a game, which... It's it's a big jump. We, I could have afforded it, but it got to the point where I always knew I was a customer, but it pushed me over the edge of feeling like just a customer. So it was it was difficult, but I decided that it it was time. Okay, um, Fiona, I'm not ignoring you. It's just that while we've got Andy here, Nat's so excited she can only manage your surname. Uh, uh, Andy, Mark wants to say he's trying to find someone that the Yamazai tune could work for. So um, no pressure. We'll leave that right. with you. Um, so what was the gap, just out of interest, between you getting rid of your season ticket and the women's team starting up? I was one season without 
Okay. And then the women started up. And if it had been in Manchester, which I, I fully think that the home ground should be within Manchester, but Lee is two miles away from where I live. So that played a part in me deciding to go. Okay. Um, I went to that Liverpool away game. Um, and after that, I thought, I can get into this. I, yeah. I, I found myself, I, I cheered at the goal when it came and then I, I looked at myself and thought, you're into this yeah and <laughs> I know that feeling yeah so then I got the season ticket between then and the first home game and you bring your daughter to some games as well don't you yep yep she she's a bit young for sitting there for two hours and staying still but it's some games it's great for her to get involved in that that it's it's much cheaper for her to say at half time I want to go home which when you've paid the men's price that that's a different story yeah, I also have to say it doesn't matter that she's of a of a young age where she can't sit down and stay still for two hours because yeah. we all know plenty of people that can't. Um, just going to kind of jump at Nat. Oh, hello. And the message from Nat, she remembers one of her mates was told, if you don't renew, we'll find somebody else. So that going back to what you're saying about old yeah. traffic, um, she also is quite hopeful that there will be a home ground for the women in Manchester. I know there's been talk of it. Um, Mark just says, same here. I don't know what to, um, but Mark's really agreeing with me because he knows what's what's best for him. Um, tell me what it was you were agreeing with, Mark, and we'll come back to that one. But um, you talked about that Liverpool game. I'm, I'm guessing it's that, that moment of watching a game. I remember we were watching the game and having that moment of, oh, actually, that's really caught me out. I care. I yeah. really care about this team. Fiona, do you did you watch... The Liverpool game? Um, I, I didn't. Not the Liverpool game. I went to the first Reading game at home, and I felt that same feeling when the players came out. You know, you know, this doesn't bother me that it was the women's team or the men's team. It's United, you know. Um, and I think we missed a few chances that time. We actually lost the game, but you know, it still gripped me. Like, oh, I need, I need to know how they bounce back next time. Yeah, that kind of thing like a soap opera then wasn't it come back join us next week for the next exciting installment that's kind of how you set up this week as well I feel but um so there's a lot of United history with you Andy uh Fiona you've also followed the men's team predominantly also had an interest in women's football but solely United we know there are some people I'm not naming them we know there are some people who without a United women's team they would go and support City or you would only go and watch is that correct Fiona yeah, go and watch maybe like the big game. It wasn't a regular. Good. Good. That. Mark says, yeah, that's how he got hooked. So he was agreeing with you there, Andy, as well. Um, so we've transitioned, I guess, from men's team fans, because that was the only Manchester United at that point. Manchester United was the men's team. Um, and then we've got to this point where there's a women's team that first season. And I think when you've got success it's easier to get behind somebody yeah it, it, it's easier i mean we know andy you'd have been there during fergie's days absolutely i was three when he took over at united so i didn't know any different yeah and some of those games that you would have been at some of those great great evenings great afternoons some real moments that just stick with you absolutely i mean my dad went through the 26 years without a league title he went through relegation and promotion again he went through being not even second fiddle to Liverpool's dominance but you know third fourth and second division so he went through that started taking me and I I was at Wembley at 1990 my dad took me to the replay against Palace yeah that was my first time at Wembley at six years old wow and then, night as well wasn't it the replay <laughs> I, I remember being I remember falling asleep on the uh on the drive back yeah and I don't know if I went to school the day after and I've, I've no idea but but yeah I remember that and and then I was what nine or ten when they won the first league title so I, I never knew anything other than success really yeah um John wants to uh he wants to outdo us all he's a Busby Babe supporter so he's definitely uh he, he's earned his stripes we'll give him that one um then obviously the men's team go through this fallow period this post Fergie malaise and I often wonder whether that's why the women's team drew so many that we know of men's fans because 
we were almost starved again of success with the men's team. So we end up with this women's team. Sorry, he loves to remind people of this. You want to talk about 1990. Somebody wants to talk about 1983 as their first cup final. And they'll tell you the story of his sandwiches that were eaten 200, down, 200 yards down the road. Thank well, I was uh, I was three months short of being born at that 80, yeah. 83 Cup final, so I, you had an advantage over me on that one. Yeah, he, he likes to remind people of uh, of that match, but um, I think I think we had to find the program on some. We had to go and hunt the program at some stage. But yeah, def, uh, when you've got the years on you, sometimes you can have those memories. So we get to this women's team. Fiona knows all about women's football more than I do at this point. She knows who these players are. I'm just learning them as I go along. We have an incredible first season full of success where it's probably fair to say we were we were the best team in a pool. It, we were the best team. We were we were always going to get out of that division. It was whether we were whether we were champions or second. Katie has this, and this is the, the, the thing I'm coming on to. Katie has this 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 mantra of crawl, walk, run. Okay, that's the way she wants it. She talks about this five year plan. So we're adjusting to, we've had the men's team, they're up there, they've done everything, they've, you know, as the song goes, we've seen it all, we've won the lot. And then we've got this women's team, they're going to take it slowly, we're hopefully going to get to the Champions League in five years, whatever, we might win it in five years, whatever the plan. And then last week, Fiona decides she's going to tell us all that there's a rumour going around the internet. Well, it's not a rumour. Somebody has reported that Manchester United at this stage, last around this time last Wednesday, are in advanced talks with Kristen Press, Tobin Heath. Fiona, I know you you jumped on it and you shared it. What was your thought when you actually saw that coming out last week? Because we've had a week to digest it and we're no further on, let's be completely honest, we are no further on in terms of progress. There are bits that have come out, but they're still not confirmed as United players. What was your thought then? Uh, my f first thought was, what? Is somebody like, it's not April Fool's or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a shock, but then you see who it's coming from. And that's sort of like a, a quite a reliable source. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a surprise, but you, it seems quite realistic as well. Um, and then, like, thinking about it longer, you can kind of think, yeah, it's great from a football perspective. I can understand why Katie wants to bring them in. They've got experience. They've played at Olympics or World Cups, um, you know, score lots of goals, but also got quite a lot of appearances, can pass that knowledge on. So you've got that side of it. But then you've also got, what would this do for United in America? think about the shirt sales or the fan base growth around the not even just in the USA it could potentially be around the world where they might have they've heard of the men's team but you know the WSL might not be like something they thought about following um that kind of thing so I can see maybe like Ed's eyes might have like you know oh I, I can make a bit of money out of this as well um so yeah uh, now that i've had a bit of time to uh, think about it you know you can kind of see it making sense andy we talked just before we came on air about this one club um idea and and actually how the delay in getting this over the line is symptomatic of the men's team and and sometimes some transfers taking the entire summer the point Fiona makes about actually this is more than just a signing, this is a marketing ploy. Yeah. Do you think that comes into this? Absolutely. Uh, and for the women's game in general, I think because there's a lot of the American players are, are looking towards Europe, aren't they? Just to just to be able to play, if nothing else. So the the league itself could benefit from it. You know, there, there are World Cup winners that could be on the way to the women's Super League in England. And obviously, it gives you an opportunity for two new songs, potentially. But um, Mark's offering a uh, go team. I think it's safe to say he's on his own with that one. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to endorse that one just yet. No, no. I, I, just, I just want to check because I don't know much about 
these players, but another forwards are, are they wingers? Fiona, come on, because you gend up on yeah. this because Mark was sticking you on the spot with this last week. Tobin so, yeah, Tobin he plays as a winger. Um, but I think Kristen can also play. It's a bit like how Marcus Rashford is a striker. We can also play and the same for Mason. Right. They're a bit like that. They could play across the front. So it's fair to say that it's fair to refer to them as wingers. I'm just checking because I've been thinking about a song for one of these two or both of these two. And then when Mark mentioned the Yanazai song, it might have just clicked. Ah, I would have loved to have set you the challenge, actually. I realised I should. I should have set you. We're going to start tonight. Andy, go pick a song, and at the end of the hour, go right now. Perform your song for us. Um, but I won't. Well, do you, you, you kind of did give me a prompt of there's you, there you go. Get something okay. written, and it's on fifteen minutes now. And I think I've I think I've got something. I'm not going to not going to sing it. Okay. Well, um, Ian comes back at Mark and says he's never going to chant "Go Team," but obviously good. Nat is <laughs> orders to sing it now. I'll think, speak it. Oh, that's, this is how it, this is how it usually works. Okay. I speak a new song and then that shouts it. So that <laughs> why not stick with the tried and tested method? So th I hope I'm remembering the Yanazai chant correctly okay. for the tune and everything. But I want to tell you, I might as well do about a team that can do anything. We've got new wingers, the World Cup winners. Now we'll climb up the Super League. Now we're going to climb up the Super League. Okay. So Nat can record a version of that and. And we'll see how that goes. Anybody who is watching this, if you can actually sing the recording of it so we get the tune as well. It does, as you were saying it, it does fit. Um, but I'm also doing yeah, this. The, Somebody that, needs last to... line, that last line does have to be, now we're going to climb up the Super League because mm -hmm. syllables are important in this game. I mean, there's an endorsement if ever there was one, Andy. Don't hate it. Not saying anything more positive, just <laughs> don't I'll, I'll take it. It was... It was Less than 15 minutes works. Well, I'll take that. And the thing is, I have to tell you, Nat comes out with these, make songs, write songs, do this. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't. So the fact that you've done that in 15 minutes, I I doff my cap to you because, yeah, absolutely. Um, works for me. Works for me. But um, John Fry likes it. He says, well, that's, good. that's a good one. So, um, yeah, Mark, there you go. We've used the Anazai chant. Oh, sorry. Nat's just got a challenge. You need to sing for me to get it. Right, Ian, Mark, you're in a WhatsApp group with Nat. One of you has to sing it, record it, send it to Nat. Right, that's your challenge for the evening. Um, so I've forgotten where we were up to before that. Um, the deal isn't over the line. It's not, we've not heard it's not happening, but this takes forever. I'm just trying to think of some of the deals we've done recently that just took forever. Um, I know Pogba's seem to take forever. Everybody's the big, the big, well, the big ones Bruno, take forever, don't Bruno they? Bruno Fernandez, we we could have got Bruno at the beginning of January and got about seven extra games out of him. Yeah. Instead of limping over the line at the end of the season, we could have had how many points in those seven games? I mean, they're in our competition, so maybe four league games. That's, and I'm yeah. pretty sure we we probably drew some of them, maybe even lost. Yeah. And I don't think we I don't think we got him cheaper than we expected to, did we? No. The one that always the the, the, the deal that always sticks in my head as, as being the worst bit of business was back in um Moisey days of uh, not the, very long Fellaini. We could have had no, yeah. I mean, great player, yeah. But we could have had him cheaper. But we then waited for that clause to expire and Which, then went and bought him. And Moise was part of putting that clause in place at Everton. <laughs> So he knew it. And he got caught out by it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassingly. Ian, challenge is yours. Mark's passing it over to you. Um, John's saying that all our big signings take time under Woodward. Um, I think Mark's turned into a bit of a uh, – he's defending Ed. Just saying don't, don't have a go at the Fred transfer because of international clearance. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um yeah, we tend we tend to know the rumours. The women's games are, is is quite unusual in rumours. Fiona, am I right in thinking that, that I know something that Nat wants, but there isn't really a rumour mill around about around women's transfers. Not really with the journalists, you know, people on Twitter or whatever. Like, because you can kind of you might have a mate who knows one of the players, you know. Whereas who really knows somebody linked to Paul Pogba? 
you know, that it doesn't really happen. So, yeah, it's not really like in the journalists. They don't tend to like to put out the rumours. Um, maybe, you know, they haven't got as much, um, as many articles to, you know, like to fill. Whereas, you know, with the men, they need something every day, don't they? So, um, yeah, good point, actually. There's not that clamour maybe for it until, obviously, United come along and, Nat wants a constant rumour mill. Ian, did you step out at the wrong time? No, we all just agreed that you're going to sing uh, Andy's song. So um, go record it and then send it on to Nat. Um, didn't step out at the wrong time. It was just, it was democratically agreed. Andy, coming off last season, and I know that last season didn't finish, where were the areas that you thought? I know we all talked individually and together. Where did you feel the team needed to strengthen? I'm not so sure that it was in a particular area on the pitch. I think it's more around experience because we've got the quality. But like I, I recall a game against Chelsea where um, Lauren James was coming up against, uh, I think it was Bright in the middle. And she she got rattled at the beginning and she seemed to look to the bench to say, like, what do I do? And when she put, was put on the wing where she could run at the players, which she is the best at, and Sigsworth was put in the middle, who's got a bit more about, who's got more experience, who's more physical. She coped with it a lot better, caused them more problems just by being a bit stronger up there. And Lauren James looked better because she could she could run at them and cause trouble with footwork. So I think probably experience for Casey on how to approach games and what our different options are with the players we've already got and experience with the players because we were we were the best probably the best quality the season before in the league but we were also the fittest because they were training full time against part time players we, they didn't need to be good yeah. they were but they didn't need to be they just needed to be relatively fit for the amount of training that they did so it's a big big step up yeah. and i think to say they finished technically fourth they've caught with it very very well but i think that extra step is around experience more than a particular area of the pitch. Okay, that's a good point, actually. Um, John says that we probably still need a centre-back, um, not convinced about Abby, which might be a bit suspect against pace, good defender otherwise. I think we've all had our concerns around Abby at times. Um, the highlights on uh, from the Everton Conti Cup game were on MUTV this afternoon. I've just managed to switch over. And there's a point when she completely misjudges the bounce of the ball and Cadman's in on, on Mary, very much safe. But it's one of those where actually an Everton fan would expect them to score there. So, yeah, I think it's a relevant point you make about experience and obviously quality in that experience. Um, and in terms of Jess, I don't think, I've not, well, tell me if I'm wrong, I've not come across a United fan who prefers her on the wing to in the middle. Everybody seems to want her in the middle. And that's where we saw her in the first season, in the championship season. And that's where at times she's given us so much more in the Super League. So I think you're absolutely right. That's also tactics as well. And yeah. I think that's Casey learning that we've just got to give her that opportunity. Yeah. And, and that's an example of where she did make a change that made an impact. I think it was made too late in that game. Because, I mean, I, I don't spot a lot of things. I won't claim to be an expert or analyst, but in that game, I was thinking Lauren Luke's lost. Yeah. She looks like she's, I mean, she was only she's probably 18 at that point, maybe still 17. She's bound to come up against players like that and have situations like that. And that's where instead of looking to the bench and saying, what do I do? She won't need that next time. She'll she'll know what's necessary. Yeah. She'll gain experience from it and get better from it. And I think it's completely understandable. And if we can finish fourth in our first season of Super League while gaining that experience, brilliant. Yeah. You're right. I often think I often forget how young Lauren is. Yeah. I think because she's so good, we have this expectation that she's going to deliver every game. And if she doesn't yeah. Why doesn't she? Well, actually, she's still young. And I think she's talked herself about fitness is one of the things she's working on. 
So, Fiona, was there any, I know we've talked about it in the past, any one particular area that you really thought that's where we've got to strengthen? Or were you like Andy thinking, actually, this is something that might just run through the spine? No, I definitely agree with Andy on the, we need experienced players. Because if you look at some of our less experienced players and the experienced players in their position, they're playing different styles. So you've got Jane Ross, who's very experienced, but she plays in a different way to Lauren. So she can tell her, oh, this is how I prepare for like a big match or a big cup game. But she can't necessarily tell her, oh, this is how I deal with this defender. Because they play yeah. differently. But I think for me, it was just, we need more goals. That, yeah. that was our, one of the best like defensive records, but we needed more goals. Whether that be goals coming from our midfield, wings, whatever, striker. I think that's something that we're missing. Maybe it is having that personnel to change formation if we require, you know, if something's not working, change it to something it is. Uh, so, like, maybe putting Jess on the up top and getting in a different winger. Or maybe it's, like, completely changing the formation, um, you know, to, to to get that win um, but yet yeah, all the way through I still think we needed that you know a clinical striker you'll get your 10 to 15 goals across the season doesn't mean we didn't need to um, get players in, in other positions but I think that you, you, you need goals to win a game um, and so that was kind of like even if we'd had a poor defensive record, we still need to score more than the other team. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, goals was definitely one of the areas. John makes a really good point, actually, and it's something that I know we've talked about, but actually, away from the playing staff, we do have a new number two. Glenn Harris has moved; he's retired, so we've got Martin Ho who's joined us, and John makes the point that maybe he'll see different things from Casey, and he'll be able to advise. We'll change it. Because I think sometimes Casey's still learning. Certain, I know she has been player coach before, but this is a whole new world. So maybe having somebody else, just a different pair of eyes. And if she trusts him, then then all the better. So that's coming up to this year. That's what we thought we might need to strengthen him. I'm going to come back to these two names. Okay, I'm going to talk about a little bit about Kristen Press and Tobin Heath. And I want you to both... Absolutely, dream, imagine. Let's say tomorrow morning they are announced as Manchester United players. Okay, where do you think, or what do you think, is realistic for our achievements this next season? Fiona, I'll ask you first. Um, I think top three is definitely more realistic. Um, I think Arsenal. Because I think Arsenal would be the lower of the current top three. And maybe I think we would have a better chance of getting above them. Um, okay. You know, bridging that gap a little bit more. Um, but I also think a cup final maybe more. More having maybe a, a win in the final. Because um, if you look at some of our games against like Chelsea and City... You know, it was just, it was just like we just needed that like that one goal, you know, to take some of our chances, and you know, maybe they would help us get there. I'd like to think that they'd give us that belief because one of the things that I think can often happen is bear in mind what we did against Arsenal, City, Chelsea. In as much as I know, I know we did beat we did beat um, City, but we only lost when we lost those teams. We lost by a single goal. Okay, And I'd hate it to be a case of the belief isn't there. I think when you put two World Cup winners in that squad, suddenly that I would think that that should change things. John sticks by what he said last week, top four and Conti Cup winners. Okay, I think people might start looking up a little bit more. Uh, Nat's going, win the lot, because obviously this is Nat, top three, win the Cup. Okay. Um, Andy, where would you think is realistic? After having Nat's uh, summation, where would you think is realistic for next season if if these two signings come up? I think, like you say, it's a, 
about mentality. So that that's got to bleed into the rest of the team and even training, how they act in training under a much better infrastructure that American women's football has got than we've got over here. So that that's got to have an impact behind the scenes as well as on the pitch. So considering we finished fourth, I'm, I'm not sure there is quite a top four in women's football. There's, there's a top three and then fourth is either the top of the rest or the bottom of the top. So fourth and close to the top three to create a top four would be an achievement. But why not break into the top three? Yeah. We went, like you said, we, we've lost by one goal to the big teams. And I think it was obvious that we were playing against better teams. But despite that being clearly visible on the pitch, there were still close games. So even as a, a slightly inferior team, we did well. So mm-hmm. as an improved team with another year experience, with more top flight experience, why not? We're not a million miles away. So it's not that big a step, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Mark's pretty much agreeing in terms of league position. He, he expects us to win a cup, though, but definitely closer to third, if not third. So a little bit conservative there as well, um, perhaps saying fourth. But we, we're looking at these two to, to, to definitely, I'm not even going to say potentially, to definitely take us up, to take us to a, a different level and to add real quality. And like you say, Andy, to, to, we're talking about the mentality and the training. One of the things that I think gets said so often is that the American players seem to be fitter. They seem to just have this different mentality. There is a lot that our players, we talk, you talk there about experience. There's a lot that our players could learn from with them. Um, John says, Fiona, he thinks if we're going for third, City's our best chance to get above. Okay. Now, we spoke on Sunday on the social, and we both, I think, Fiona, both you and I, what have we said last week or the week before, Arsenal was possibly the team that would drop out of the top three, if anybody. Maybe it will be City. Um, they're going to, they've still got players to come in, um, whether it's been announced or not, but we know they're strengthening, strengthening again. So everybody is strengthening. The top three are strengthening. Everybody behind us is strengthening. But we're talking about two players, two names, who will take us onto a completely different level. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works, okay? If these players come off, let's say we have the most amazing season next year, whatever that that is, whether it's a cup win in there, hopefully, whether it's at least top three, obviously hope so. What happens when they go back to the States? Who do we then look at that's on a level with them? Yes, we've got players who would have learned from them, would have had some experience. They've got another year under their belts. But we then have, we've got a different level to maintain. Casey's crawl, walk, run is suddenly crawl, sprint. That's my concern here, that we've almost peaked. And I think a lot's to do with COVID. I think without COVID, a lot of these players aren't coming over from the NWSL. And we're probably, we've shut up shop. We've got three players in. Thank you very much. But now there's a, a different situation. So, okay. Nat's giving me a name straight away. But is that dependent on Champions League as well? Because the Champions League system changes, doesn't it, Fiona, next season? Yeah, so... You've been putting all this in in the group and, and I've missed it, sorry. So. Yeah. so top three next season will get into the Champions League. We'll have to go into like the very start of the qualifying... Okay. you're in the Champions League. Um, you're away with the girls, eh, Andy? <laughs> okay. Maybe it'll we were looking maybe. at some of the locations, you know. Yeah. Some of them are more attractive than others. <laughs> and Fiona's really excited, actually, Andy, because Fiona's never done a Euro away, but she's most excited about the thought of hosteling around some of the <laughs> bizarre oh. places in Europe. Yeah, even aside from football, I've, I've done hostel stays. Yeah, yeah, I'm no stranger to that. Yeah, Fiona, yes, yes. And and obviously we're talking about countries and clubs where they may not be serviced by direct routes. So you could have to take bizarre flights and train journeys and, yeah. and bus journeys and whatnot. So it's That's not fine. like 
Yeah, it's not like with the men where, you know, you'd have a Thomas Cook day trip. Not anymore, obviously. Well, the way I got to Moscow was fly to Riga and then 17-hour train journey from Riga to Moscow. So we got a bed and the, there was a bar cart on there, which was full of football fans singing on there. So it was it was basically a pub and a hostel on wheels. Yeah. But and it's you much, that's Sorry. Yeah, that, that experience is... I looked at that trip and I thought I'd like to do this without the football as well, because yeah. you see places that you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, and and obviously when you're doing a Euro away with a men's team, there's a, you're one of many. Yeah, Euro away with, with the women's team for the women's team, it might be you and half a dozen others. So yeah. Um, yeah, just just a room in a hostel. And that's setting the standards. Get the USA stars top three. Champions League opens us up to world class players, and this. She's all about real Euro ways. This is this the point for me because it would be difficult as a fan to see this as a flash in the pan that round and then to have a drop the following season. So Nat's mentioned harder. If we've got Champions League, it becomes easier to get harder, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, I'm just thinking about Casey's mantra because I'd hate her to go, right, we're just going to have a year off. We're just going to go and bring these two in because they've been offered or someone's told us it's possible or whatever, whatever. And then the following year, crawl, walk, run, crawl, walk, run. If Casey's bringing them in, this is a different sign of intent. Would you think, Andy? I think I think it kind of depends because are, are, the, are the top three looking at bringing American players in? Is there any rumours around them doing the same? Some, um, I mean, City have brought in a couple, but they're signed for, I think, a couple of years. They've got more permanent right. deals. Um, so that, that's the question. If if it's permanent, great. If it's temporary, then the approach while they're here becomes different. If they're permanent, the starters, no doubt. If yeah. they're temporary, you need to use their experience to bring your own players on. You need to make sure Leah Galton improves from playing with them. You need to make sure Kirsty Hansen improves by playing with them. And then when they go, you've got a bit of legacy from it at least. And like you say, if you've used that to help you get into the top three and get Champions League football, you've got you're more attractive to to better players in the in the market as well. So you've got to your situation depends. It's if if they're going to come and you know they're going to last a season, mm. you need to use them to improve everybody else. Which means they're not going to play every game necessarily. Absolutely. And, and we always, what's the joke in men's football? Can they do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? Um, no, can they do it on a cold Tuesday night in Southport? Well, <laughs> Jake's clearly not watching tonight because any mention of Southport would have got him, uh, would have, would have got him <laughs> saying hello. Um, so thinking about that they're not going to play every game. Look, we've had Jackie didn't play every game, certainly the Birmingham uh, Cup game. Away midweek, she didn't play that game. Leicester uh, in the cup at home didn't play that game. They're not going to play every game. We're still going to have to use the squad. But is this smashing Casey's ceiling, Fiona? Potentially. I think it's kind of a hand's been forced a little bit with like the situation. You can't say, oh, no, I won't take Toby or Kristen because of my crawl, walk, run situation. You know, I don't want to force it. But I also think if we've got them, we need to be aiming for third because, that, as we've all said, it opens up Champions League and it opens up bringing in players of their quality to carry on progressing. Whereas if, if we finish fourth, we lose them at the end of the season. Who are we going to sign to replace them? You're not going to be able to sign your players who are demanding Champions League. For example, like if you look at like Lucy Bronze or Harder or the Spanish players that are playing at Barcelona, for example, or the players that are not necessarily Spanish but playing for Barcelona, they're not going to want to come to us to say, oh, we're fighting for fourth, we're, we're hoping to get Champions League. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a bit of a hands been forced. This is what, this is why we've been linked to other players this transfer window. I've been a bit more reluctant because, like, if they only coming for a season, or they're coming for ha- half a season, or or whatever, how does that 
bring us a, how does that develop the team how does that bring us closer to our goals um, um, we, we, we talked about this at a previous podcast uh, and and you and i were i know i was a bit fence sitting but very much of the mind that if we're only going to have players come in for four months maybe what happens when they then go back what happens after that time does it disrupt the team more by having them for a short period of time as opposed to a full season because the joy here is if you do get players for a full season let's say you end up with a really good cup run they can go the whole way in that cup run they can take you to the end of that season and then what you've not got is this imbalance in the league whereby come January once a lot of the American players have gone back some teams absolutely sink whilst other teams who've been lower in the league actually start to climb because everyone's finding their their right point I suppose so Casey said sorry go on Fiona I think there's also a mentality thing because it's US players rather than a lioness or a Dutch player or whatever, we know that the US mentality is very different. And like John says, maybe they will pass on some like tactical like um, advice to Casey or the players or whatever. You say, oh, you're, you're in this position. Have yeah. you thought about doing this rather than always, I don't know, taking it on your right foot? Why don't you think about cutting inside those kind of things there's that knowledge with these two players which we might not necessarily have got for any of the other players that we've been linked to and bringing two players in for me feels more of an attractive option if you bring one in you've got to think about them settling in i know there's no language barrier thankfully but think about them settling in what if they're not getting on with anybody in the team some things that can just happen when one person feels left out. You bring in two players who've known each other a very long time, played together for the national team. They can almost have their own clique. Not that you'd want it if it separates them from the team, but they'll settle in quicker, hopefully. Nat's saying pretty much what we've said about their mentality, them as players, they are elite. We're not just talking about two players off the street. We're talking about World Cup winners. And actually somebody that we thought, players that we would have thought was were untouchable, weren't United players yet. Andy, does this make us a big player if they come to us? I, I know as a United fan, you'll say we've always been a big player. In the women's game, does this make us a big player? I think part of it depends on how you manage it, but ultimately, how can it not? How, who have we got that's close to that level? anybody our internationals are sparse and in terms of game changers perhaps not our internationals and i'm looking at people like lj leah galton not full internationals yes we've got jackie yes we've got hayley lad yes we've got abby mack mary they're not our game changers i know it's always difficult further back you go in a pitch to be a game changer but these two are do you agree fiona changes changes our image in the women's game yeah i think before particularly in the championship also this season we're, we're a team with a lot of potential and definitely a lot of like a very high ceiling to go towards this would bring us a very bring us much closer to that potential mm. and actually john makes a really good point here as well it might open things up from casey for in terms of if she gets contacts in another country because whilst this negotiation is going on we hope um it might be that she's talking to other people and something else transpires down the line because fiona when you and i last talked on one of these podcasts we talked about rachel daly these two were never in our dreams and yet this was clearly happening for a long time so i mean we know these things go on we know they take forever and we know it gets times where we think it's never going to happen and then bang united release a video of paul pogba saying i'm back but 
this there's something about this whole deal that just seems so out of character both for <laughs> united because to me this is messy this is the men's team going biggest world star here you go bang here's messi ronaldo's come back i know they're both of an age but and i could never imagine that happening yeah C casey's budget must have got bigger right and this is not that long ago said there's a gap in the budget but has the budget been well has, has it has it had to grow because this deal was so good i think ed's thinking i'll make that difference back in shirt sales was it ibrahimovic andy who said when they signed me i'll make it back in shirt sales in the first week it sounds like something he'd say doesn't it yeah and he's probably right as well actually he was on a free there wasn't he yeah, so, so I'm, I'm sure he did make it back. As the song goes. Um, not one of yours, though. Um, so, yeah, I think shirt sales would be a massive thing. But I just think, bang, Casey, you're setting yourself a standard now because we're not going to be expecting middle-of-the-road WSL kind of mid-standard next season. We're going to be sat here doing these podcasts going, oh, my God, Peniel Harder or somebody else. That's got to be our name now. And that's why, for me, this five-year plan that Casey had, that maybe somebody of Harder's standard was, you know, four or five years in, now suddenly is three years in. But you don't refuse a deal like this. Um, just thinking in terms of... Actually, I'm going to ask that question. Messi to United, yes or no, Andy? Heart says yes. Head's not sure. Okay. But it is if you think logically there is always the, the case of like you're saying about where are we afterwards with the americans yeah. if messi comes over you you're not really going to say the usual thing of he's only played for one team he's only played in one league can he cut it in england because he's lying on messi yeah even if he can't cut it him at half his best would improve us but there are questions around, obviously, his age, yes. but more so the wages required. We've just we're just about fixing the problem of the wage structure being shattered. Yeah. I mean, we we used to be at a point where our season ticket renewals in included a letter that said we've had to increase your price because of Roy Keane's bump a new wage of fifty two grand a week. Wow. Now that was breaking the wage structure. Yeah. That's been well and truly shattered now, and we're just about fixing it, which I think is positive. And if we have yes. to break that again, then it, it does bring some questions in. But then you've also got that point of it's lying on Messi. How can you not? Right. And that's where you kind of flip-flop a lot with these sorts of deals yeah. because it's not just the wages. It's these supposed um, advantages, I think is the word that's been used, that he has. So you're bringing somebody in to effectively say oh i get different treatment and the rest yeah. of the the rest of the dressing room thinking i mean this is great you're lying on messy and all but you're not going to do it yeah. on a cold tuesday night in west brom um for example not started this year obviously <laughs> nats going back to this is pretty much what we'd say it's an ed deal um yeah fiona messy yay or nay He's dad to Pally in Manchester, but I think Ed will want to like get money knocked off his deal or or whatever. I just don't think it'll happen. Isn't he on something like a million pounds a week? Oh, is that all? Is that yeah, all? That's what the account has been like. Yeah, his shirt sales might be great, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I I don't think it'll happen. I just think if we couldn't get Sancho sorted quickly, we've got no chance of sorting this one. And we also don't like doing straightforward deals. We want to pay a bit here and a bit there. I don't know if anybody saw there's a tweet in midweek when when it was apparently Dortmund had said, no, we just want 120 million up front in one payment. We don't want 80, then 20, then 20. Somebody tweeted out, uh, dear Ed Woodward, I'm going to buy, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm going to buy the new United shirt. It costs $64.95, but I don't want to pay that now. So I'm going to pay £40 now. In a year's time, I'll give you another £15. And then a year after that, I'll give you the final 10. Is that okay? And actually, there was, we, we get the sentiment in that. If you want it, that's the price. Go and buy it. Um, John says he'd take Messi. 
I'm going to be a bit of a naysayer and say I wouldn't touch him because I think he brings too much disruption. Yes, he's a great player, but Andy, you're right. This this wage structure that we've had, I've never understood how teams that are above us in the league, I won't say better teams, certainly not better clubs, how they manage to keep their players with a lot lower salary. When you hear about what Aguero's been on, De Bruyne's been on, and yet we've got, I mean, the Sanchez deal was was ridiculous. And I think we all know that was a mistake. But some of the money that we've had to pay out have been absolutely obscene. Um, but we've also had season ticket prices freeze for a few years. But I think that's more of the fact that with Europa League, they couldn't screw us out of anything else. Um, point about the American deal might take a bit longer because the um, the women's national team, your soccer plays, pays the club salaries and not the club. I suspect, Fiona, do you know any more about that because I suspect that will over that will slightly complicate matters. Yeah, so so if we in England, for example, the Lionesses they have a contract, and so they get paid by the FA for like That's I think it's like thirty thousand a year or something like that. Whereas okay. for the US national team, the their soccer federation pays the money for the league to pay their wages. So, yeah, it's very complicated. Um, but it's how they make sure that there's the US players stay around in the league or play their games there. You know, the whole league is set up to have game time for their national team players, in effect. But there's also the Mexican and the Canadian uh, equivalents of the FA also play this, do the same thing into that one league. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very complicated. Um, yeah, it might make the deal a bit more difficult. I think somebody mentioned might make the deal a bit cheaper if they've already gained a bit of their salary from the national team. Okay, and there's also big sponsorships for both of these players. So maybe Ed's looking to save a few pounds. You know, it's it's that time of the season where maybe he's just thinking about coming up to the autumn and winter, you know, the heating bill at well, it doesn't really need to heat Old Trafford because there won't be that many people there. Maybe not. Um, yeah, commercial deals John talks about. So there's always ways of getting around things uh, with financial fair play. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, I, I, I think the suggestion is we're not going to hear anything, certainly the rest of this week. I, I'd, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to read something tomorrow morning. I'd love to come off this and actually somebody tweets us and it would be, be done. But I think in all honesty it's going to be a little while before we, we hear anything. And the way I'm looking at it is, if I don't read that somebody says it's not happening, we're still on. Um, Andy, it's been a while since we've all been at a game. What are you missing the most about being at games? Just the general atmosphere, I think. Just yeah. that the thing about United was, obviously we had the success for decades. But I think when I when I was ever asked about what drew me to it from people outside of football, it was that you feel part of something. Yeah. And that's what, not women's football, not Man United women, but with the Barmy Army provides that. Yeah. If you're, at, if you're at a United women's game without the Barmy Army, you, I'm not sure if you get that, but with the Barmy Army, you certainly do. Yeah. And I guarantee nobody's asked me to say that. <laughs> But, uh, no, it, 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 can, can we clip it, that because that's a great endorsement yeah it's, it, it's true it, it it brings the the part that you miss about men's football if you yeah. don't go anymore it brings that and even if you do go to men's football it's still yeah. a great opportunity to have that and fiona um you're somebody who and i only really realized this earlier in the week because somebody posted a picture of us i think from the first from the championship season and you're there, sort of a few rows below us, and you said that you 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 worked your way further and further back, but you weren't quite ready to join us, and you're a little bit nervous. And then you've joined us, and hopefully enjoy that decision. But it made me wonder whether there's other people out there who are watching us, thinking, "Oh, I'd really like to be a part of that, and I'd really like to join in." And they're doing your trick of just moving further further closer and closer further further back 
get to that point. Yeah. Because you also wanted that community. That's one of the words that Nat uses. It's one of the words we've used in, I think we used in the AGM, and it's words that we've used in meetings, but that sense of community, that sense of family. Yeah, you don't always have to be a noisy person. You know, you can... We we have normal conversations about football, about the men's team, the women's team. We also discuss other stuff, you know. Um, I don't know what you did the other weekend when there wasn't a game on or, or if you've been on a holiday. So, you know, we're not a scary bunch. Come and, uh, come and have a chat with us. You know, you don't have to stand next to Nat and fear injury. There is, there's a big group of us, you know. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll spot us at a game. Though. You l listen for Nat and they will all be stood around there somewhere. I, I don't think it's a case of standing next to Nat or not. No matter where you stand, at some point of the game, you'll be stood next to Nat. I think the idea of social distancing with Nat is going to be a really interesting one because the idea of having to stay away from people, I'm really intrigued to see how that one works with her because I have my doubts. Prove me wrong, she might though. Need one of those, she might need one of those um, bubble things that Resort. they have on the football. Put that in one of those. There you go. But then we'd have to... That would be a good idea in normal times. Because <laughs> you, you could soundproof it as well and then you'd get a normal volume level from it but if we soundproof Nat, come on we lose we lose some of her well no her... You, you, even if you soundproof Nat, you just get her at a regular volume you, yeah, it'll never sound. okay now we're going to stick you in a zorb hope you've not got any uh hope you've not got any issues with that um just a quick comment there rumor that uh, the american deal we've heard this it's for the whole season so that may be why it's taking a little bit longer as well um so Season starts in, what, a week and a half now we've got. We know the first two fixtures. We are awaiting the announcement of the rest of the season. We were told that that would be announced once the men's fixtures were out. That's now been released. We're waiting. Um, but we know the first two fixtures, and therefore we know the first two games we're not going to be going to. Okay? There was, during the week, during the week, earlier in the week, there was a rumour, or somebody reported that the United-Chelsea game was on the list for limited number of fans. And then they withdrew that because Manchester's in lockdown. However, Andy, where does Lee fall? Does Lee that fall falls in the Wigan Borough, which means it is now not in local lockdown. So I think we should campaign to get that back. Theoretically, <laughs> that game that we could now there could now be fans at that. That's the way I see it. I'm no, I know someone will probably tell me I'm wrong, but Fingers crossed we're not too far away from getting back to games. There's pilot events. I know that they've um, named a WSL fixture as a pilot event. They've also now named a championship fixture as a pilot event. There is more and more happening, and we are hoping it's not too long before we get back to grounds. Um, I know that I think there's some information that we've seen where things are happening, things are moving. We just need to all behave, do the right thing, and fingers crossed. Um, Andy, I've asked everybody who's been on the podcast, what is, the, I, I know I've asked you what you're missing, but is there one thing in particular that, you're, that you, you can't wait to do when you get back to a game? Whether it's sing a song, eat a pie, if eat a burger if it's Jack, um, I don't know. Any Grab a programme, that's somebody's. One thing um, you desperately. Do you know? I, I genuinely can't think of one thing that stands out. It's just, it's just football again. That's yeah. that's all it is. Because it, it, I could never explain. I could couldn't pick one thing at United, at the at the men's. It's so it was true. just, it's just having that presence in your life again. And I think for me, I've really realised how much. I love it and how much I've missed it. And it is just sometimes a feeling. And you're right, you can't describe it to people. People either get it or they don't. And I think one thing that's come out of this whole lockdown period, isolation, whatever we call it, is that football people get it, get what we're all missing. Non-football people don't get it. And we can't explain it to them that there's more than just the game. We love the game, we'll cheer the team on, but it's the bits around that. It's the conversations, it's the traveling sometimes. It's it's the atmosphere. It's all of it that we've been missing. And fingers crossed we get to a point where 
we can start to think about that probably into October, I think. I know that's when they're looking at elite events, which brings the Premiership into play. Um, but probably with the way the women's season is scheduled with an international break and then the FA Cup, because obviously you play last year's FA Cup this season as well as this season's. Um, so it will be October probably before our next fixture, once we've got Chelsea and Birmingham out of the way, and then hopefully we can look forward to that. Um, I'm hoping that the nearest home game to that, we can be singing Andy's Yanazai song to the Americans, because I'm hoping by then it will be done. So um, thank you very much for your efforts on that, Andy. Um, we're coming up to time, so I just want to thank you both so much for joining me this evening. Um, nobody's let me know if there's been any rumours, so we've been slightly more planned than, than certainly last week, but um, I know I've really enjoyed it. I'd love to have you both on again sometime, but the great advantage we've got is this may well be the last isolation podcast because by next week we're doing season preview. We got through Fiona. Um, so, yeah, it feels like a treat for us. We've actually got something happening, something we can really talk about. Um, and then I'm sure we'll catch up with you during the season um, once we've had games. We've got an international break and then an, uh, an FA Cup weekend. There's three weeks of no action. There you go. That's when we can catch up again. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we all get to see each other at a game from a distance probably, but get to see each other again soon. Um, thanks to everybody who's been watching and has left us a message. I have no idea, again, what next week's plan is. I don't know who's going to be sat here. I don't know if we're going to talk about the Chelsea game. It might be something else. We might shift around the day of the podcast. But I just want to thank everybody for being a part of tonight, um, especially Andy and Fiona. Much appreciated. And um, see you again soon. Thanks very much, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers.